Thanks so much to Mike and the team. Just say what a blessing it's been to spend time with Mike and Claire and William and just to get to know you guys a bit better. I'm going to take a bit of a break from my series in Hebrews and we're going to be looking at Psalm 16 this evening. Certainly one of my favorite Psalms. Let's read through it together and I'm reading from my favorite translation, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. I said to Yahweh, you are my Lord. I have nothing good besides you. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my conscience instructs me. I keep the Lord in mind always because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. The 2018 movie, A Quiet Place, is set in a very dystopian world. A species of vicious and deadly aliens has invaded Earth. And they've got a highly attuned sense of hearing. But they cannot see and they cannot smell. And the story revolves around a young family who have adapted to survive in this terrifying new world where most of the population has been wiped out. They're an advant at an advantage, though. Their one daughter is deaf, and so they know sign language. It's one of the ways they cope. But the mom is pregnant and nearly due to have their next child. And a crying baby would present a catastrophic risk to them. So the parents improvise, and they go to great lengths to protect the whole family and their children. They design a crib that has its own oxygen supply and that is soundproof. Parents also create a partially soundproof basement in the farmhouse where they can eat and rest, they can play board games. They even put felt on the underside of, some, uh, of all of their board game pieces so that they wouldn't make any noise. The parents are a refuge. They're creating a place of safety for their children. At the end of the movie, spoiler, spoiler alert, one of the parents pays the ultimate sacrifice to save his family. Similarly, King David finds that God is his ultimate place of safety and rescue and indeed salvation and future hope. 
So I've titled a devotion this evening, God, Our Present Refuge and Future Hope. Here's a summary of the psalm for us to consider. If God is your refuge, your treasure, your sovereign Lord, and your counselor, he will lead you, body and spirit, through life and death, to eternal pleasures through Jesus Christ. The next few slides are quite busy. Don't worry about reading the words. I just want you to see a brief overview of how David walks this path of going from, we'll see. We see that David begins with a petition to God for protection. It's unclear exactly what it is David is scared of or what it is that the danger he's facing, but he needs protection. He then goes through a number of exaltations Glorious truths about God. God is his refuge. God is his sovereign Lord. God is his greatest treasure. God is his counselor. And he reaches a conclusion and he proclaims, his proclamation is joy and trust in God. And finally, we see a prophetic declaration. And here the apostles Peter and Paul help us to understand that they're pointing, the last part of the psalm is pointing to our redemption, body and spirit, because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to walk through this process. We're going to walk this path with King David briefly this evening. And it's going to help us to go from a place of desperately needing God's protection to a place where we are joyful and secure in God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, that summary. If God is your refuge, your treasure, your sovereign Lord, and your counselor, he will lead you, body and spirit, through life and death to eternal pleasures through Jesus Christ. So let us start by looking at David's petition. Right at the very beginning of the psalm, David says, protect me, God. David's desperate. He seems to be on the brink of death. Death is imminent to him. There are threats all around him. We're not 100% sure what those threats were, but we know that he was facing imminent death. But notice David doesn't turn to people around him. He doesn't turn to his own understanding. He doesn't trust in his own wisdom. He runs to God. And he begs the Lord for protection. Where do you turn when you're in dire straits? Do you turn to other people? Do you turn to escapism? Do you binge on Netflix to try and escape from the difficulties that you're facing? Do you turn first to other people and seek their acclamation and their support and their approval? Or do you turn to God? Is your very first inclination to cry out to your Father in heaven for his help and protection? You see, it's quite easy to sing at the tops of our lungs on a Sunday, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. But then on Monday, what do we do when we face that angry client that phones us on, that calls us and shouts at us? 
Or we read that devastating email from the opposing attorney. Or our brother tells us they're going to get a divorce. What do you do? Do you drown your sorrows in the bottle? Or do you flee to your father in heaven like King David did? King David teaches us an especially important lesson here. He was king. But his first inclination, with all that power in Israel, his first inclination was to cry out and flee to his heavenly father. And he does this in a remarkably interesting way, and we're going to walk through these steps briefly. Because immediately after his petition, he proceeds to go through a series of exaltations about the character of God and what he believes about his heavenly father. And we'll see that these exaltations lead him from a point of desperation to a point of joyful proclamation in the security of God. Firstly, Yahweh is David's refuge. He says there, for I take refuge in you. He finds his safest, most secure refuge in no one and nothing else. Only in God. He's essentially saying, above all things in this entire universe, Yahweh, I take my safest refuge in you. I find my true refuge in nothing else. Secondly, Yahweh is his sovereign Lord. He says, I said to Yahweh, you are my Lord. Yahweh, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the great I am who brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. You, Yahweh, are my Lord, my master, my sovereign. Third, David exalts in God as his treasure. You can see it in those verses there. I have nothing good besides you. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. David is declaring that Yahweh is his greatest, most abundant, most glorious treasure. And there's nothing he treasures more. There's nothing he values more than Yahweh. Every good thing that he has is because God himself is good beyond measure. I want you to notice David seems to take a little bit of a detour in verses 3 and 4. As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood and I will not speak their names with my lips. But it isn't actually a detour. Look at verse 3. One of the treasures that God has given us is godly believers who are themselves holy people, the noble ones. I want you to try and think of somebody who has been especially influential in your growth as a believer. Are they not a gift from God? Are they not a treasure that God has given us? Do you know who comes to mind for me when I think of a noble one? Is our pastor Lee Robinson from Honey Ridge Baptist Church. 
there was little old me, a young um, medical student, new to Johannesburg, having grown up in the small little dorpy of Hillcrest. And there was this godly man who was the preaching pastor of a church of a thousand members. He met with me every Friday afternoon. He mentored me through some of the most difficult times of my life. He was a noble one. He was a holy one. Are you a noble one? Are you somebody that a young person looks up to and wants to meet and wants to learn from? If you are, you are one of God's treasures. David contrasts these godly ones with the ungodly. Sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. This is a challenge. Lips. Are you leading a double life? Are you mixing with the world on a Saturday in the week? And foul language and cursing is coming from those lips. And then on Sunday, you come and sing praises to God. Notice David says, I will not speak their names with my lips. He wouldn't even mention the names of the evil that the ungodly did, let alone think of doing it. What a challenge for us. I want you to have a look at that phrase, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Now, the Hebrew word for pleasant places is actually the same word that is used in verse 11 for pleasures. So we could translate that phrase, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasures. So this is not only saying that God is his treasure, but he's also saying God is my future hope. Looking ahead to the glorious pleasures awaiting those who belong to Yahweh and who will be led by God, body and spirit, through life and death. Fourth, Yahweh is David's wonderful counselor. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my conscience instructs me. I keep the Lord in mind always. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Where do we receive this counsel? Psalm 119 verse 24 says, Your decrees are my delight and counselors. We receive the Lord's counsel from his word. Is the word of God in your mind? Is it so deep in your conscience that it instructs you in the darkest hours of the night? Is his word always at your right hand? Is it dwelling so richly in your heart that the Holy Spirit uses it to guide you each and every day? So, David's petition for exaltations and characters of God. His God, God is his refuge. God is his sovereign Lord. God is his greatest treasure. God is his wonderful counselor. This brings David through to that point now of 
his joyful proclamation. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests securely. And you see that he has gone from that point of fear to that point of joyful trust in Yahweh. So not only does David reach the point of saying that he will not be shaken, but because he will not be shaken, he therefore proclaims at the top of his voice, as it were, I rejoice. The deeply desperate, death-fearing, confidence-lacking, soul-weary King David has moved from a cry of petition to a God-secured, refuge-loving, sovereign, Lord-worshipping, counselor-listening, proclaimer of God's power and ability to bring him body and spirit through life and death into eternal pleasures. Praise God. Is that your testimony, brothers and sisters? Has Yahweh brought you from that point of despair to a point of joyfully proclaiming your trust in the security and safety of Almighty God? But how is it that David could be so sure that God would bring him through to eternal pleasures. Well, we're not sure how much he himself was aware of what he was actually saying in these last few verses. But in God's providence and in his revelation, the apostles Peter and Paul tell us that here King David was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we finally move to the prophetic declaration. Listen to these words. Therefore my heart is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one or holy one, other translations say, to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me and in your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. Is it true that David's body did not see decay? No, his body did see decay. So what was he talking about? I love what Matthew Henry says about this passage. In these holy elevations towards God and heaven, David was carried by the spirit of prophecy quite beyond the consideration of himself and his own case to foretell the glory of the Messiah. So David knew, listen carefully, David knew his own preservation through death and the triumph of the Messiah over death were connected, but he wasn't too sure how. Paul and Peter help us understand. Acts chapter 2. Since he was a prophet, that is talking about King David, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing this in advance, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah, and now he quotes Psalm 16. He was not left in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. 
God has resurrected this Jesus, we are all witnesses of this. <clears throat> and Paul sheds a final, radiant, glorious beam of light on this mystery. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring, you see this language, will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. In his death and resurrection, the Lord Jesus has put death to death for those who have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Is this true of you? Have you bowed the knee to the Lord Jesus? If it is, then the same glorious Holy Spirit dwells in you, and you will be able to say to God, you reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. And how will we all know if you are one of those? Well, do you exalt in Yahweh as your safest refuge? Do you exalt in Yahweh as your sovereign Lord? Do you exalt in Yahweh as your most glorious treasure? Do you exalt in Yahweh as your wonderful counselor? Do you proclaim joyfully that your spirit rejoices, that your body is secure, and that this is only possible through the blood of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that that is your unshakable foundation? If so, then God is your refuge, your greatest treasure, your sovereign Lord, and your wonderful counselor, and he will lead you, body and spirit, through life and death, to eternal pleasures through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, our Father, how often don't we seek our refuge in other things? How often do we not forget to run to you and to cry out, protect us, O oh God, Forgive us for being so slow to turn to you. Forgive us for being so reliant on ourselves and on the thoughts and opinions of others. And yet it is only in you, Yahweh, Lord of lords and King of kings, that we can find true and everlasting safety and security. Thank you that you are our refuge, our greatest and most valuable treasure, our supreme and sovereign Lord, our master, our wisest and most wonderful counselor. Thank you, King Jesus, that you have defeated death. Thank you that by your death and resurrection, we can be assured that you will bring us safe through life and death into eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen.